Welcome to The Step, a podcast for and about unstoppable individuals presented by Pop Sugar and Sorrel. I'm your host, actress and singer, Katie Stevens. Last season, we heard from fearless individuals who boldly take up space in pursuit of their dreams. This season, we're celebrating those individuals who embrace creativity and opportunity, no matter the challenge in front of them. Join us. This actress has been killing the acting game since she was two weeks old. Your happiness and your safety and your worth and the things that fuel your soul, that's up to you. It's not up to anyone else. And sometimes I think the business can make you think otherwise. And so I think being aware of the power that we all hold for our own happiness is really important. That's actress Bailey Madison. Don't be surprised if you recognize her name and her voice. Bailey has been all over television and movies since a very young age. The best word for Bailey is prolific. There are so many things you might know her from. She's currently filming HBO Max's Pretty Little Liars, The Original Sin, in the lead role of Imogen. Most recently, she starred in the Netflix musical A Week Away and Warner Brothers' A Cinderella Story Starstruck. She was also the lead in Strangers 2, Pray at Night, had a series regular role on Hallmark's The Good Witch, recurring roles on The Fosters, Once Upon a Time, and Trophy Wife, and had film roles in Parental Guidance with Billy Crystal and Bette Midler, Just Go With It with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston, and Brothers with Jake Gyllenhaal and Tobey Maguire. On a personal note, Bailey and I have been friends for many years. We met because we both fangirled over each other with our hair and makeup team, and it just doesn't get more intimate than that. We are mutual fans of each other, and I'm so excited to dig deeper into her experience as an actor who has sustained a career from childhood to young adulthood, a rare and difficult accomplishment. So, Bailey... Welcome to The Step. That had to have been some of the nicest things I have ever heard <laughs> from someone. Well, you know, and I then just it came you. from you, who I love as well. That was <laughs> that was beautiful and lovely. Um, I'm so happy to be on The Step. This is really exciting. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. It's it's been so fun. I got to do an episode last week with Megan and Asia and uh-huh. getting to talk to you, my little sis. Yes. <laughs> Unofficial little sis. I um, know. I always no. say I was like, you came into my life. And then I was like, I have a little sister <laughs> that I never had. I know. First, I was like, I just want to be Jane's little sister on the bull type. And then I was like, you know what? <laughs> I will take the real deal. I will take Katie Stevens. <laughs> First thing is first, I've been asking all of my guests to share a quote or a mantra, maybe something that you have bookmarked recently, something Mm -hmm. that just kind of helps you get through the day or, you know, something that you try to live by. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, There's two that I haven't, you know, it is, it's one of those, like, they were always in my mind when I was younger. And then they've stayed in my mind, but now they mean different things as I can like continue to grow older. I think the impact of it means more, but it was always, everything happens for a reason, which I feel like, you know, when you get older, you start to be annoyed at that quote. And then it turns out to, <laughs> to, you know, there's something beautiful at the other end. And then my mom had a sign in her kitchen growing up that just said, because nice matters. And I always thought that mm-hmm. that was sweet. And I think as I'm getting older too, and navigating what it means to now truly be a young adult in this business, um, the balance of, of 
kind of knowing worth, wanting to work hard, recognizing the work that you have done and how much you love what you do and wanting to put everything into it because you care. Um, but always checking yourself at the end of the day. And I think leading with leading with kindness that you, you know, that that always wins more than anything. Um, Absolutely. So and it takes no further energy. Yeah, to be it's so kind. much more exhausting to not be. <laughs> I said that exactly. the other day. Um, so but yeah, those so are those great, two. especially being in this industry, having yeah. that like everything happens for a reason is so important because yeah. you're faced with so much rejection. There are roles that you won't get and yeah. it's hard not to get connected to those things or to kind of be putting all your eggs in one basket, so to right. speak, like when you're envisioning what a job could do for you. Yeah. And so similarly, mine has always been, if it's meant to be mine, it already is. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm getting to the age where I believe that quote more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I'm going to graduate from everything happens to a reason to that. Um, yes. Because I, those I, are, I can't yeah. say that I've fully mastered <laughs> yeah. that, but I'm working let on me it. Know, let me know when you do. You call me. Probably never will, but (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk to you about your life growing up in the industry and everyone listening. I do want to say knowing Bailey Madison, and I've actually said this to you, there are not many people who grow up in the industry and maintain such a sense of like normalcy and a humbleness to them. And you. you have had that which is shocking to me because you had your first acting job at two weeks old. Yeah, Am I right? te- yeah, technically. Yeah. How did that happen? That just happened because my mom was the South Florida queen of commercials, basically. Um, and when she had me, she she still like she went right back to work for, you know, for a few things and booked this commercial and they needed a baby in it. And my mom was like, well, I have a two week old, so I kind of have to I can't really leave her when she like got the job, which I think is genius. And so she was like, I have a kid. Can she, can she just do it with me? So that's how that started. So that was just kind of like a funny thing. No one was like, my mom wasn't trying to make me an actor. And then it wasn't until I was about four. And then that's when I actually like auditioned for something and then ended up. And you're, you know, normally people's trajectory is like doing the local theater play and right. realizing that they want to like be an actor as a career, but yeah. you were like a hired actor from a very young age. Yeah. So like, was that something that you just turned for and you like knew how to say sentences and you were like, I want to be an actor? <laughs> I think I say this to people all the time. I feel so blessed that I was able to discover what I loved without knowing in a way, you know what I mean? It was just like, it started happening and I was like, oh my God, I, I love this. And so I think I, yeah, I just started to become more and more aware as it was happening, how much it meant to me that I truly did love it, that I didn't want it to end. But at the same time, I felt very much at home with it, which I think is a a rare thing that someone can say. I think especially probably being a kid in the business, it felt safe and it felt just like a piece of me. It felt as common as, you know, putting my backpack on and going to school felt it it was just kind of my portion of my life. Wow. And what was the first professional role you remember playing? It was called um, Lonely Hearts. My sister, Katie, <laughs> my other my other sister, Katie, is uh, yep. 13 years <laughs> older than me. And she's my best friend and my biggest joy. And so she was an actress and she was working. And I went down to Orlando. I think I was three at the time, turning four. And I was with my mom and my sister. 
And I remember what the lobby looked like and everything, which is crazy. My sister, who was auditioning for a part at the time, she walked out and my mom and I were waiting. The casting director saw me and was like, oh, who's who's that? And she's like, that's my little sister. And they said, does she, uh, does she act? And they kind of looked at me and they're like, uh, I mean, no, we don't know. <laughs> um, and the casting director said, well, would she like to audition? We have a role we're trying to find. And they asked me, my mom and my sister were like, well, do you want to? And I was like, yeah, okay. I couldn't read. And she read me the words around the corner and I walked in. I remember the office and everything, the scene. And I booked it. So that was with John Travolta and Salma Hayek and Jared Leto, James Gandolfini. And we filmed it in, no in Orlando <laughs> for a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I found all of these old film photos from the set, which was so like special to have those pictures and have it take me back to those times. Now, how many siblings do you have? So my mom and my dad only had me. Never got married. Best of friends. I've literally grown up with the biggest amount of love in the world by by my mom, my dad, and my mom's ex-husband. And it's like, it's the funniest TV show if you were to write it, but it truly is just um, covered in love. So they just had me. And then on my mom's side, I have uh, three siblings. And on my dad's side, I have three siblings. Whoa. So one of seven. Yeah. And you said your sister was also an actor, right? Yeah, yeah. And she was great. And she was like, she worked so much at Monster with like Charlize Theron. And I'm I'm her biggest fan. And, and selfishly, I scream at her all the time that I want her to go back to working. But um, she went to college. She was like, you know what? I'm going to go to college. She got her degree in finance. And, you know, but has since then, she's been such a solid force with my career and with conversations and reading scripts and telling me what she thinks of them too. So, you know, she's, she's very much alive within so much of my career and always has been. And when you were growing up, like being in the industry and being, you know, so young, going through it and learning about everything, was there an actor that you looked up to or Mm -hmm. a role that you looked up to? Were you looking at like people who were around your age or were you looking to people who were older than you being like, I want to be that someday? Oh, that's a great question. Oh gosh. How do I break it down? I mean, I do remember like I am Sam was a film that broke my heart a million times. And for whatever reason was, was one of the movies that I had in my little DVD case that I would take with me on location. And I remember watching, you know, Dakota in that and just loving, loving every second of it. And also just being so inspired by the film and the material in, in which she got to tackle. So I would say like, I obviously I watched her and, and always ad- admired her work as I think so many did and do. But in a weird way, because I was so little, I was kind of thrown onto these sets with people that I hadn't even gotten the chance to enjoy their work yet. You know, I was, I was five and I was six. And so I had such a lifetime of of movies that I technically like were either too mature for me or just not there yet. And so I got to meet them in the greatest way, some of them, which was being on set, working with them, learning from them, and then getting to know them on a day-to-day basis as human beings and how they treat people on set and their work ethic and how they spoke to people and how they treated me. And so, you know, so much of my looking up was able to be done in real time and in person. And I'll I'll never take that for granted. Wow. I never even thought of that. But that's so true that you probably wouldn't have watched some of the things yeah. that they had done. And in that way, it's awesome because you're not walking on with that extra 
intimidation right. um, and nervousness. Yeah, I just I just knew my family were freaking out. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But so, so, you know, you're so young getting into the industry. How did you balance being able to be just like a normal, happy kid with such a massive career that was blossoming? I would say I balanced it just family. I didn't, I don't even think it wasn't me who balanced it. It was the people around me and the people in my circle. My mom was with me everywhere that I went. I was, I think in a way, very lucky to always be filming on location. I didn't grow up in LA by any means. I was only in LA to either film something quickly or for like a press tour. And beyond that, I was living in a hotel somewhere and and turning the hotel into a home with my mom. But I had a very close circle. I mean, faith is a really big part of my life, which everyone has known. And I've kind of just been very open about it's um, by no means perfect, but it has, you know, it's, it's the, it's the starting force for every decision that I make and everything that I do. And, and that grounds me in, in itself enough. So I think it's just the people around me who always check me. I've, I don't have yes people. I have people who give it to me real and look at me yeah. and tell me how it is. And I'm currently in London recording this and my boyfriend's pouring on himself. And yes, my my boyfriend also now, <laughs> he grounds me. <laughs> we ground each other. Yes. But I, I truly, I, I do. I owe it to the people around me because as I'm getting older, Katie, I think it's hitting me so much. Like I used to always get asked the question, like, how are you going to navigate it? And how, what is this like? And now that I'm turning 22, the question is now kind of what you said, which was, how did you? And my response to that is like, I don't think you ever stop trying to ground yourself, absorb things. When you get older and you're in like, you lived a certain life as a child, so many things are re-brought up and I think hit you for the first time that maybe didn't hit you before when you had the innocence and when you're experiencing it, like experiencing it in that moment. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have so many moments during the week where like something happens and I just think to myself, thank God I have the people that I do and thank God I've had them. I mean, I'm, I'm always so impressed with you, but mm. now you've blossomed into a beautiful young woman. Thank you. <laughs> and you're starting to tackle these new roles where yeah. you're you know, no longer looked at as little Bailey Madison that everybody like grew up watching. You're now a a woman. So moving towards that, what are some of the roles that you want to play, look forward to playing? Yeah. Oh gosh, there's so much that I feel like I haven't had a chance to kind of sink my teeth into. I'll be honest. Um, not that I can really say anything, but <laughs> I really can't. But, you know, I just, I wrapped up the first block just now of PLL Original Sin. And and to me, that is, it's a bucket list role for me. What is it like to tackle something that is, you know, a franchise that was already mm-hmm. created and now you're breathing new life into it? Like, did you feel <sighs> any sort of pressure going into that? Were you you know, able to kind of put blinders on and be like, this is its own new thing. Yeah. I mean, I have to say anyone who knows me or even just looks at my Instagram from like 20, 2015 and on, I was the biggest PLL fan. Um, it was the, it was the only show that I really made time for to watch and that I was like, this is my night mom. Like I need to watch this show. Um, so PLL was a game changer in my mind. I used to sit on the couch and think, oh my gosh, like I can't wait to be their age and maybe get to do a show like this. And now, you know, I'm here 
on a show that is a show that that made me think those thoughts so it's it's so full circle um and then I remember you know kind of watching Riverdale and again being like I'm not quite at that age yet but god like that would be really fun to get to tackle that's just something different and new um and I was a huge fan of Roberto and and now you know getting to to work with him and know him and the team it's it's just it's an honor for me um but I think it's always scary jumping into something that was loved before. I think the first thing that comes to mind is like social media. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I do, I think, you know, thankfully there's there's so much love and support at the moment about the show. I think people are realizing that it's an entire new set of liars and it takes place 20 miles from Rosewood. And so, you know, obviously can't say anything, but I think it's exciting to, to breathe new air into it. And we're excited for people to get to see what we're doing. I can't wait. I can't wait for you. And I and I will say like, also, I mean, Lucy Hale has been so kind to me throughout the years and, you know, kind of entered in my life at a time where I was just growing up and, and figuring out what I wanted to do and what brought me joy. And so to get to be in this experience and have her as a dear friend on my side for it, you know, apart from admiring and respecting her as a friend, like, I've I've admired her work and I admired her work on this show for so many years beforehand. So it's very, very humbling and I feel grateful for the love so far. And I am yeah. a PLL fan. So don't worry, guys. Like I want it to be good for all of us too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the other thing is Lucy was one of the first people that I met yeah. when I moved out to LA. And I know that she had done like the American Idol juniors back in the day. Yeah. So we had like that minor American Idol connection that we talked about. And, you know, she's been a part of my life as well. And she's just such a lovely human in terms of the fact that like, if you need anything Uh or you have a question, like she's so quick to answer and she's just so lovely. So it's just so great that you not only have the support of like a built-in fan base already, but like one of the main cast members of the original show cheering you on and, and helping support you through it. Yeah, it is a blessing. I think it, I think it goes to the the same thing that we're kind of talking about is how do you keep yourself in check and how do you balance all of this? And I feel like she's a she's a really beautiful example of of a woman who's worked her ass off, but is is really beautiful to other women too. Um, yeah, and supportive. And and I you know that's how I feel about you as well. And so it's a nice thing to have you know the the little groups that that we all are able to kind of form for our hearts. One hundred percent. We'll be right back with some rapid fire questions. Your shoes tell a story about not only who you are, but where you're heading. Because of that, your footwear should be as unstoppable as you are. That's why Sorel Footwear designs shoes that define and defy the trends. From sporty sneakers to wear all week wedges and boots, their shoes will level up your look literally. I like to do a little rapid fire pop quiz kind of thing. Not that we have to get comfortable. We're already (laughs) comfortable with each other, but all right. This is an important one. And I think I know your answer. Yeah. Dogs or cats? Dogs, but no hate to cats. Yes. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. Thank you. I have many reasons for loving dogs more. (laughs) My big one is, um, and again, I love cats. Yeah. However, if I have a pet yeah, I don't want to have to convince it to love me. Like I don't want to have to like earn. <laughs> yeah, we your already love. have to convince people to love us. So yeah, why, why convince our pet? I want to just walk in the door and have 
a pet that is just so excited to see me. I do yeah. know friends who have cats that remind me yeah. of dogs in that way, but yeah. more often than not, dogs are I also are that way. feel like dogs, you know, there's something endearing about them where I feel like with a cat, I feel like it would make me feel dumb all the time. Whereas like if I do something silly and my dog sees it, he's like, looks at me with those eyes like, you're so great, mom. Yeah. Whereas like I feel like the you. cat would be like, you idiot. And just like <laughs> prance around. In the they're circle, very smart. Shaking their head. Yeah. They're too smart. <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> all right. Glamping or camping? Glamping. Glamping. But like how glamping are we? T- I'm just talking about like, Let's not be sleeping on the sticks. Let's like, you know, maybe we've got a mattress. Maybe there's like a little spa retreat going on around the corner. Yeah. So, I mean, you're more of a like, if there's like a cabin in the woods, you'd prefer that to a tent? No, I would do a glamping tent. Have you seen some of those glamping tents? Okay. So Paul and I have that kind of situation. So Paul has like a truck with a tent that's basically like in this box. Yes. Great. And so you unwrap it and it pulls out with a ladder. And then there's yeah. like a mattress in there. See, Paul Paul knows what's up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Glamping. It's glamping. It's glamping. Okay. Girls night in or night out? <laughs> you know my answer to this. Girls night in. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's a pass. That's a pass for me on the night out. I feel like living in LA and like going out with my friends back when I was like in my college age mm-hmm. years you know, I did it. And so now it's like when somebody asks me to like get up, get dressed, put heels oh. on and go to a club where the music's far too loud and I can't hear yeah. or talk to anybody. Yeah. It sounds dramatic, but I would rather jump off my roof. <laughs> I know. I know. I have that. I have that joke where I'm like, I could think of a million other things that I would rather do, but that, you know yes. what I mean? It's like, I will do Just anything like, but, but go how out. How good does it sound when your friend is like, do you want to sit on the couch and drink wine? Yeah. I'm like, yes, there's nothing else I would rather do. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I am with you. All right. Karaoke or lip sync? I'd say karaoke because it's, you know, it's way more fun. However, I would nominate myself for like one of the best, I think, lip singers out there, but no big deal. Ooh. Is there video footage of this? I mean, all everywhere online, you can find a video of <laughs> Bailey Madison lip syncing something, unfortunately. I feel like everyone is lip syncing now because there's just all of those like TikTok TikToks, trends yeah. where people are like mouthing the I'm words like, to things. I look at those and I'm like, oh, I did it first. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I feel like, you know, we, we did it first because it was us in our bedrooms <laughs> yeah. lip syncing to in Britney Spears into yeah. our hairbrush. I know. <laughs> I know. That's so funny. All right. I have an important one. I'll tell you why I ask this after Mm -hmm. I do, but I need to know when you go to a fair (laughs) and you eat fried dough, what are you putting on it? Okay. Are we talking like, um, what's that called? A funnel cake? Well, where are you from? We're from different places. (laughs) We call it fried dough. Fried dough? (laughs) Hold on. This is blowing my mind. I have to look it up. And it's kind of like crisscross fried dough. No, it's not crisscross. I know exactly what you're thinking of. Fried dough is literally, it's, there's no oh, rhyme I'm looking reason. At it. None I'm of looking them look at the it. same. Wait, so how come there's a, fun, so what, like funnel cake and fried dough are like constantly up against each other? I, I guess. Yeah. Well, they're anyways, different things. powdered sugar. <laughs> powdered sugar. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up 
doing sauce and cheese. And Paul and many of my friends have now shamed me to the ends of the earth yeah. saying that I'm a psycho for putting sauce and cheese what on is my sauce? fried dough. What kind of sauce though? Like tomato sauce. Oh. So it's like a crispy pizza. Yeah, but anyways, I like that. It's the only way I know how to eat it. Mm. You haven't tried the funnel cake? I've never tried a funnel cake. So we'll fix that. Yeah. But anyone who's listening... Don't hate on sauce and cheese because no, no, it's the no. way to go. I just went to the Big E and I had fried dough with sauce and cheese. As long as you're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> Enough about funnel cakes and fried dough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've talked so much about grounding and how that's so important in this industry. What would you say is one of the biggest things that you've learned about yourself from working in the industry? Oh my gosh. How do I answer that? Um, I know. <laughs> that is so hard. Like whether whether it's how you have handled, you know, rejection or, right. you oh, know. I don't handle that well. <laughs> <laughs> I never did. You know, I think as I'm growing up, it's weird. I don't take compliments well. I have a hard time receiving them. I'm always grateful for them, but I, I have a hard time receiving them. Therefore, to like actually compliment myself is even is even more of a struggle, you know? So I don't know. I feel like growing up, I've been exposed to so many situations and so many things. And and I do feel, I think in this moment in my life as I'm about to turn 22, when I used to get asked when I was 14 or 15, or like, where do you want to see yourself? And, you know, I'm like close to 10 years or whatever, like, I just always said, I just hope I look in the mirror and I, and I like myself as a person. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, I'm, I'm thankful to say I still look at myself and, and I see myself at the end of the day. And I, I like the way that I really overly probably care about a lot of things. And I still worry if I'm doing a good enough job because, because I care and I don't want to let people down. I don't want to assume anything of myself. But I, I also think, you know, I'm at a stage now where I can do all that and then also start to recognize the work that I have done behind the scenes that that no one gets to see when they watch a movie that I'm like, you know, I'm I'm mostly proud of that. I always say that it kind of goes hand in hand with like advice that I would give people, yeah. but I I know that not everybody is as fortunate as we are to have yeah. such a wonderful grounding family right. that, you know, keeps you grounded and normal yeah. and um, wants you to not only work and, and thrive in that, but also make sure that you're cultivating things outside of your career. Right. And, you know, I, I talked to so many people about it and it's, it's so important to have things that are important to you outside of the job. Yeah, you have to. Whether that be finding, if you, if you don't have a grounding family, like find the people yep. in your life, your friends, that are that grounding force and that kind of support that you need. Yeah. So that when they call cut and you go home at the end of the day, yeah. you have people in your corner yeah. to, you know, talk about other things yeah. and, you know, support you on your bad days or your yeah. good days. Like it's just, it's so important in, yeah. in order to keep a level head. Yeah. You have to have the people by your side to, to pull you out of it or to connect you with what is real and what matters. And Otherwise, it'd be a hard thing to kind of juggle. Well, it's just, it, it does. It takes a mental, physical, emotional kind of toll yeah. on you. So, I mean, I guess my question for you would be, 
working steadily for most of your life, how have you been able to create space to protect your mental, your physical, emotional health? Work in progress is (laughs) my honest answer. And I feel like work in progress because now I'm finally doing it a bit on my own as well. You know what I mean? Now it's kind of, it's really hit the stage of like, the only person who can figure out how I'm feeling right now is myself. So I've got to go in there and have a conversation or, you know, speak out loud to someone that I love and be like, yo, this isn't like, this isn't right. And I can't put my finger on it, but I'm feeling this way. And so I think for me, it's not feeling guilty of those moments. It's recognizing them when they happen, recognizing if I'm overthinking on something or if I'm homesick or if I'm just lonely or if I am just tired and need to sleep. And that's a, it sounds easy. That's a hard thing for me to do. I'm used to, I've been on go, go, go mode pretty much my whole life. And that sounds like a sad thing, but I live for go, go, go. Like I, I have my most, I feel most at peace when I'm go, go, going. So then when the stop happens, it's like, oh my God, what is life? (laughs) So, you know, you and I talk about it all the time about how much we struggle. You know, you go from all this like high energy, intense couple months of filming and then filming stops and you're done and you go home and you're waiting for the next thing that you're going to book or film. And that waiting is like so excruciating. And we've talked about how every actor has people in their lives who are like, enjoy this time. Yep enjoy this quiet because, you know, you're going to wind up working and then you're going to kind of wish that you were back here. (laughs) Like Paul always says to me, he's like, he's like, I just want you to find peace with where you're at when you're there. Because it's like when you're home, you're wishing you were working. And when you're working, you're wishing you were home. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, it's very hard to learn to just like be where you are. Yeah. No, I couldn't. I could not agree more with you. And we can't talk about mental health without talking about social media. Great. (laughs) So, I mean, you have a gazillion followers. Like, do you ever decide to kind of like shut it off and not use it for a couple weeks? Do you feel pressure to like be on there all the time? Um, You know, I have have a love-hate relationship with it. I really do. I I love that it's here. And I think that there is so much good that social media can do and has done. I love the fact that it can connect you. I love the fact that it's coming from the source, you know, especially as I grow older. It's like, you know, at least whatever I post is coming from me and my caption are Mm -hmm. my words and it's not being twisted or made to sound differently. It's like, you know, at least it's me. So I think that's cool. I try to take the pressure off of it just because at one point it wasn't pressure and it was just me sharing photos of like the nails that I painted on my friend or like (laughs) the pizza boxes in my trailer. I definitely miss those days more, like the day when you would actually put an Instagram filter on an Instagram photo and not care about it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I miss those days. And I do, I do think I, I do get worried with where it may head as I look at, you know, my nieces and nephews that I have. I do it's so much more advanced than what it was when I was younger, you know, eight or nine. That was when Twitter basically opened up and that was a crazy thing. So for them to already be starting in where we're at right now with social, I do, I, I worry as an aunt sometimes. And I also worry like, you know, I, I wish people could see the DMs that like we get sent and like, mm-hmm. you know, people say to me all the time, they're like, well, just don't go through your message requests. Like then you won't see it. And I'm like, that shouldn't be the answer. Like, I'm sorry, but like, it shouldn't be don't go through it and miss out 
on randomly responding to some people who write something nice and like maybe making them happy for a moment just to ignore, you know, the stuff that is inevitably going to be sent. I do think, I do think we've clearly broken the barriers for things on social media and we've discovered things and gone to new heights. And it's like, I just wish we could figure that out because I do feel like we should have the tools by now. Yeah. I mean, I, I have that same love hate relationship. Like I used to be that person that I was like, oh my gosh, I need content. I need content (laughs) because I need to be posting every day. And you know, there is that sort of pressure, Yeah, but it is like a weird thing that like, I never thought of this, but I'm like, I kind of have to have like rules for myself when it comes to social media. Like, I don't know if you have any of those, like I don't really reply to people because I would yeah. rather have those interactions happen in person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm always nervous because I'm like, you never know who you're answering. Like most <laughs> often it'll probably be somebody who's like really like wonderful. Yeah, I'm definitely and- like, I'm naive to that part. That part I need to get better at. <laughs> a little, I yeah, kind of, I believe everyone a bit. I definitely, I do. I like to comment back to people. Um, I will like check my DMs once in a while and I used to do it more often than I do now, just in terms of just kind of protecting myself. But I'll respond randomly if I see something or sometimes like a teacher will be like, my students are a big fan. We just screened blah, blah, blah. Any chance you could send a video and like, I think it's fun to like randomly click on those and be like, yes, 100% and then send something. But I do like doing Instagram lives for that reason. I think that's fun. I always, I always guest people on there. Um, Same. I I actually did that because of you when I was doing Instagram lives and stuff. Yeah. I saw that you had done one where like you just randomly chose a fan and talked yeah. to them and I did it and it was it's so, so much fun. fun. I will say thinking back to the question, like in terms of social media, I do think it's weird. I think that's when the whole, like I started out working when I was younger and now I'm 22 thing comes into play. Cause it's like, well, now my Instagram is like me as a 22 year old. Right. So I definitely have moments where like probably a normal 22 year old would be like, no, I can for sure post that. And I still am like sending to the family group chat being like, is this okay? And they're like, Bailey, like yeah. you're like you're in Mexico. Like, yes, people people wear bikinis. Like you can post that. <laughs> so you know, I think navigating that just that's also very different now. It's like how much? What are people going to say? What are people going to think? Are they going to remember that I am 22? Are they going to know that if I'm you know in a strapless dress, like a Bailey isn't going rogue? Like she's just yeah. able to wear a strapless dress. So see, I wasn't a child actor, and I'm you know, about to be 29 <laughs> and, it's and I still don't post like yeah, risque things I just because I know if I do, yeah. I'm not nervous about like anyone else, yeah. but like my mother and father would call me. <laughs> well, you and know, I'll, like my version of risque is like probably like G for like some people my age. <laughs> like, well, I, I mean, same, same. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I, I can't. Like, yeah. I'll like, my, I'll, I'll take a picture or something. And my friends are like, oh my god, you have to post that. I'm like, nope, my dad's gonna yeah. call me and tell me that I need to like pull my shirt up because yeah. it's a little too yeah, yeah. low of button, a V. Button that middle button. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm curious because you know I feel like you're such a beautiful role model and example for people who are child actors and still continuing on into the industry if you could give any advice to people who are child actors now and want to continue and move forward and have their careers continue to thrive, like what is a piece of advice that you would give them? Um, I think a lot of what we've, what we've talked about, which is surround yourself with good people and goodness gracious, like, do I know, like I can count my dear friends on, on my one hand, 
You don't have to ride with a big group. You can have one or two or three or four or whatever it is, you know, the people in your life that know you and get you and see you um, and that and that want it for you as well, right? And that and that believe in you and want to support you. I think that first and foremost is everything. I think to be kind to yourself. I mean, I will absolutely recognize the fact that I have been over the moon and exceptionally blessed with the kind of career that I've been able to have and, and the things that I've seen and, and, the, and the roles that I've been able to bring to life and the people I've gotten to meet along the way who have supported me and helped me onto new adventures. That has meant everything to me and will forever mean so much. But I think recognizing that it doesn't happen overnight and even the people that you see are still trying to to get the next job around the corner and they're still mm-hmm. trying to think what the next step is. And then, and they're now thinking how, okay, I'm relevant now, but how do I stay relevant, right? Like how do I, how do I keep people interested in me? Because people change their minds and, and before you know it, if that's out of your control, like our jobs are based off of truly if people enjoy watching us and if they, if they like us and all it takes is for someone like to decide that they don't. And then the thing that you love most in the world can't really happen anymore. And so I think it's just being kind and realizing everyone is on their own path. What's meant to be will be for you. And don't sit around and wait for it. I mean, talk about social media, like write and create and post something. And I love being behind the camera. I absolutely love it with every piece of me. And my dream is that one day I can direct the things that I love and be there for other actors, but you know, be behind the camera myself. And so I think try to fall in love with the business as a whole because then you can just start to kind of expand your horizons and your mind continuously. So just, yeah, keep your head on straight. It's hard. (laughs) It's really difficult. I would say for anybody, it's just, it's a tough one, but it's so worth it. (laughs) Do you like think back, was there ever somebody who gave you the best piece of advice that you had ever been given? There's honestly, there's been so much that I've, that I've held really close to me. There's one that for like the last couple of years and still kind of continues to mean more to me as time goes on is um, when I did parental guidance, uh, Billy Crystal gave me a key necklace with my birthstone in it and and the card and what he was saying to me was, you know, you've already unlocked basically, you know, so many doors yet there's so many more that have been undiscovered. So go and find the doors that are meant for you was basically kind of in a nutshell was, was what he was saying. And man, do I hold that? Because I mean, the saying is like when one door closes, another one opens. And and it's true. I think we all have doors that are waiting to be unlocked for each of us. And mm. I might pass by a door and want it to open and it might be the door that's supposed to open for you, Katie, right? Like, so yeah. it's it's the craziest concept, but I think it goes back to so much of what we've what we've talked about is trusting and believing in yourself and in the life that you're going to have and in the work that you do and in how hard you work and how much you care that the right things will come. So enjoy life as well at the same time yeah, and nurture the life around you because it's not everything. It's just something that really means something to you. That's so cool that you worked with Billy Crystal. My <laughs> God. He's great. Man. My favorite movie of all time is When Harry Met Sally. So oh, yeah. Wow. And I'm happy to hear that he's wonderful. Oh, no, he's great. Yeah. And then Bette was Miss Midler. Oh, and Bette. Was my grandmother. In the same movie? Come on. And they were were absolutely... I was, you know, it was funny. Like, again, I was pretty young. So I hadn't really been able to 
respect their career as much as I do now. But it didn't take much to walk on a set with Billy Crystal and Bette Midler and see the both of them in the room and just look at them and be like, oh yeah, they're iconic. Like, you know, there's just some people that if you get to get to be sat in a room with them, that when you look at them, you're like, yeah, that's, that's a star. Like those are, those are two stars. They're exceptional human beings. Is there any part of you that now knowing and having watched films of people that you worked with that is there any part of you that wishes you can like go back and relive that experience with the knowledge you have of them now? I don't think so. I think I almost feel like that would be silly because I think I was able to almost probably appreciate them even more. Yeah. I think there was a sense that I was like, I got to look at them with new eyes and fresh eyes. And from someone who's been in this business for so long, that's also a really cool feeling when you meet someone and you feel like they're getting to experience you almost in a, in a way for the first time too. Like the conversations that naturally were had and the love that they decided to give me and the support and the the silent lessons without them even knowing that they were teaching me, but they were, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that for the world. I truly, you know, I, I do wish I could put a lot of people in a room and be like, by the way, my, my seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, you know, 13 year old self just wants to say thank you like so yeah. much because you've, you've touched my heart and, and there's been memories with all of them that I'll cherish. Do you have a favorite role or project that you've worked on? So hard. Um, all of them, and I know this is going to sound cliche, but I know, I know you'll get what I'm saying. All of them do mean something to me. Yeah. Like every role has, has a piece of me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Without a doubt. And I also am like, I have never looked back on something and not been like, oh gosh, like I've always looked back at whatever I've done with the most gratitude and the fondest of memories. So I literally, I don't know what I would have done without every little thing that I was able to experience, truly big or small or smack dab in the middle. Like it's, it's meant something to me. Um, The strangers like pray at night was was a really fun one for me. And I have friendships that have lasted outside of that movie with Johannes, our director, and Christina Hendricks, who's, who is my mom in it. And, and so it was just, it came at a time where, man, I really needed to do something different and like yeah. fight and scream and be covered in blood and <laughs> not have someone coming in and being like, her lip gloss isn't shiny enough and like yeah. reapplying lip gloss in the middle of a take. Like I needed to just let go. And that movie let me do that. So that, you know, meant the world to me. Once Upon a Time was always really special to be a part of. That experience, I just wish I could say thank you to Eddie and Adam again. Like I, you know, so they happen to be listening. Love you guys. <laughs> but, um, that show will always be, oh, so special to me. And right now, I mean, the show that I'm doing, I, it's crazy how much of a growth I'm experiencing throughout filming this, you know, and we're just in the beginning. So I'm really, I'm grateful to see where it takes me. And so far, I'm kind of just embracing every minute. I'm curious too, you know, you hear a lot of people who were child actors and, you know, specifically even like young girls who then are, you know, these young women that are trying to transition into these more adult roles and some of them have a difficult time. Do you feel like you had a difficult time? Do you feel like that was seamless? Did you struggle at all? Do I feel like I had a hard time? 
No, in the sense of I think I could have had it a lot worse, (laughs) right? Like I'm still getting to do what I love. So I think that says something. But to answer it as if I don't think I'm out of it yet. I think I would be really naive to feel like I've made the transition. Mm-hmm. I've always tried to not look at it that way. Like I remember when I was, when I turned eight years old, you know, child labor laws are a whole thing. So it was, the conversation was always, well, she's not going to work this year because they're going to just go with a nine-year-old where they can get the extra hour. And it was like, that was always in my head and always in my head. And when I was eight, it was one of the best years of my career. And then I turned nine and it kind of, you know, it kept going, but it wasn't really because of the hour, you know? So yeah. I think I've tried to not put that pressure on myself because if I do, and if I even try to think about it, it's way too heavy. Like you just, that's out of your control. The only thing I can control is like, what can I bring to the table for your set? How yeah. will I work hard for you? I can tell you. Why do I care about the role? I can tell you that. Why I'm the best person for it. Let me tell you that, you know? So I think it's just trying to look at it from that perspective. And I've always said since I was little, this could all end tomorrow and it could. So I'm just trying to enjoy it and work hard. But no, like as Taylor Swift to say, like, I don't think I'm out of the woods yet. I don't think I ever will be. And you've worked with such like, also such strong female actors to be able to look up to. Yeah. What would you now being somebody that I'm sure there are so many girls and women who look up to you, what would you say to those women who are considering a career in entertainment? I would say to them, probably what I would say to anyone, if I'm being honest, Katie, like it's, and you know, especially I think women too, like all these conversations are now finally being had with what it's like to be a woman in this landscape. I don't think it's easy for anyone. I think especially women, like we have, we have way more that we have to tackle and work through. but we're in an age where speaking up is finally being heard. And so I think recognizing your voice, recognizing your worth and what you can bring. um, And then it goes back to like leading with kindness. Like this business can turn you into things that you don't want to be turned into. And it can make you feel things about yourself that you wouldn't want your nieces or nephews or your future sons or daughters to think about themselves. So I think it's constantly checking yourself. Why are you in this? Why do you want to do it? what makes your heart happy. Um, And those are the things you can control. So remember that at the end of the day, like your happiness and your safety and your worth and the things that fuel your soul, that's up to you. It's not up to anyone else. And sometimes I think the business can make you think otherwise. And so I think being aware of, of the power that we all hold for our own happiness is really important. I love that. I just feel like I've been having so many conversations with women in my life in general, even just about, not even just in the industry, but women in the way that we're like bred to be (laughs) self-deprecating. Yeah. Oh my God. In the way that we're bred to like not own our power and and own what makes us special and beautiful. And, you know, I've even noticed anytime I tell my mom that I think she's beautiful or my aunts. Yeah. Or, it's like, oh you know, God, no, stop it. Yeah. Oh no, God. And I, I like had this revelation the other day that I'm like, maybe the reason why I am occasionally self-deprecating and why I don't always feel beautiful or I don't always own my power is because we grow up with other women who don't do it. So it's like, we're taught to not be that way. Yeah. 
And so it's like, I would just always want to encourage women to just like own, own yourself, yeah. you know, own your power, own your beauty, own what makes you special. And, yeah. And you can own yourself while maintaining gratitude and humbleness. You know what I mean? I think that that's, I can own myself, but not look at it in the sense of like being egotistical or yeah. not feeling your gratitude or, you know, I think, think there's such a fine balance between the two, between one of them being like, I'm the best. Right. And the other yeah. thing being like, I work hard. I can tell you that I work really, really, really hard. And I, I will own that because I do. And I'm, I'm proud of that, but it's a constant, it is, it's a weird back and forth. I am, um, you know, I'm, I'm on the show with so many girls at the moment, which is crazy. Like all my age, I've never experienced that. And like, you know, they'll give me compliments sometime. And, and one of them who's on the show, she'll like say something nice to me. And I'll be like, oh God, like, and I'll go to say like, oh, I didn't sleep last night or all oh, this. And she just goes, no, no, don't say anything. Just mm-hmm. take it. <laughs> and I'm yep. like, right. Just um, say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's work in progress. You're killing it. Now, <laughs> what can people expect to see from you apart from PLL? What well, can people expect to see from you in 2022 and uh, beyond? Are you going to sing more? That's something I personally <laughs> yes, would like. Yes. Uh, PLL you and Blake is, do a little duetting. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, don't know if a, if a Blake and Bailey duet is, is, is coming <laughs> is, anytime soon. I think in both of our heads, we've got hopefully a lifetime together. So we're like, when the time is right. But like, whether whether he likes it or not, I will make him do that with me one day. Yeah, um, <laughs> just because like the kids would love it. But uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'll be honest. PLL is taking up a big portion into my twenty two as well, and so I'm excited to like continue to dive into the show and see what they have in their minds and to push myself to you know new levels and new heights for the next few upcoming months. But you know, I think just I take it day by day. Um, I took my first vacation this year. So I would say I'm excited to like 2022, like maybe Bailey takes her second. <laughs> like, yeah, That's, you know, little things like that. Just like the the balance of doing what I love and, and being with the people that I love. I, I want to train myself to not lose the moments of quiet with the people that you love when you're not like required to sit in the quiet. <laughs> does that make any sense? It does. A hundred percent. All right. And my final question for you. Yeah, I'm ready. I I ask this at the end of every episode. Oh boy. How have you learned to approach challenges in order to step out and stay focused on your goals? Gosh, I feel like I'm like a broken record on this right now, but everything just does come back to my family. It really, Mm -hmm. it like really truly does, Katie. I, man, have they, they've seen everything. They've seen my highest of highs and my lowest of lows. And like, you know, I can pull myself up, but I don't feel like both of my feet have fully hit the ground if I don't have them there. They've been the driving force of so many of those moments. And then I think just checking myself. I feel like, I feel like something I've always said to myself is like my worst day is a day that someone would pray for. And I think mm-hmm. that has always helped my mentality. It's like literally the things that I'm stressed about are someone else's dream yeah. at times. And and then also acknowledging like, yeah, okay, this really, this is really hard. And it's okay that I don't know how to approach it. And it's okay that it's challenging. And it's okay that I don't have the answers. I'm not supposed to always have the answers. I think it goes back to also like owning yourself. I believe that there is so much more inside of me that I have yet to meet. And especially the public has yet to meet. Um, and I think that also keeps me going. It's like I 
you know, I don't feel done yet. Like I, I, I love what I do and I don't think I've done my best work yet, you know, and I, I'm excited to just continue to grow and learn and, and the right things that will come will come like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Well, I love you. I can't I wait you. to see everything that you continue to I mean, do. Ditto. I, you know, I have set, you've been talking about me, so I'll talk about you for a second. Katie, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am, I'm so excited for you. I think I think you're the same. I mean, you're you're someone who who has lit up our screens for so many years. And I know how hard that you work. And I know also behind the lens, you know, how much it takes to to balance and to maintain relationships. And I mean, you've got a hubby at home who you love and adore. And it's like relationships also die in the in this business, you know, if you if you aren't using every single second of your day to try to balance both and and give both the attention, the love that they deserve. And I, so I admire you as a human so much and you as, as an actress and as a creator immensely. So I'm excited as a friend and as a fan to see what's ahead for you. Cause I feel like, I feel like you've just, I mean, you've barely scratched the surface. You've got so much, so, so, so much ahead. So much. I'm excited for my thirties, you know, bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. I'm a year away from my 30s, but I'm ready. (laughs) Well, I wish this could go on forever and ever. Thankfully, you and I are very big FaceTimers with each other. We are. Well, I love you so much. Love you too. I'm so excited for everything that's happening for you you and coming your way. You're the most beautiful heart. And uh, I just love you so much. So thank you for doing this. Thank you. This episode of The Step is presented by Pop Sugar and Sorel, powerful footwear for unstoppable individuals. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to The Step wherever you get your podcasts. 